It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better business, how to create better health better family and better self. And I am thrilled to have my guest on today who is going to share so many things from being a mom, entrepreneur, to a woman who pivoted during a pandemic while pregnant and having her second child to switching her business. And you do not want to miss this. And so I am honored and delighted to invite my newest friend, Lisa Evans, who is the owner of Chickadee Kid, Kids Company. It's a toy and bookstore in Burlington, Ontario. And she is the mom of two young children. And I love that her six-year-old and her one-year-old are her regular product testers. How awesome is that? She is also the co-author of the Amazon best-selling book, Mama's Gotta Work. And it's about real-life working moms and their struggles and strategies with conscious parenting, career successes, and true fulfillment. I want to say welcome, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good. It's a good day. It's a good day. I would like to know where is your one-year-old right now? She is in a home daycare. So she started going to a home daycare two days a week so that I could come into the store and do all the things that need to be done behind the scenes here at the store two days a week. And uh, yeah, so she's happy. She has three little friends that she gets to play with there. I love it. I love it. Uh, spoken like a true mom entrepreneur. Yeah. Now, I, I would love to know more about you. I know our listeners and, and welcome to our listeners. Our listeners would love to know this too. I would love for you to share more about you. So a story from your childhood of, of an instance that you feel reflects who you are today. Can you think of one instance? Yeah, I think I've just, I've always been someone who's just able to kind of figure things out. And um, there, this wasn't really when I was a child, but when I was entering university, um, I needed or I wanted a computer. And now this is back in the days, it's going to age me a lot, but this is back in the days when computers were those great big clunky things that cost $2,000, um, not these little laptops that are like four or $500. Well, we understand. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so I needed, I wanted, my family had a computer, but it was shared with everybody. It was my sisters. It was my parents. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'm going to university. I need my own computer. Um, you know, I'm going to be working a lot on it and whatever. So it was $2,000 that I needed to come up with somehow. And I had a part-time job, you know, two or three days a week kind of thing. And so I had to figure it out. I just, I needed to get $6,000 within or $2,000 within six months. And, uh, and I just need to figure it out. And so I created a path, a plan and um, put in extra hours, talked to my manager, did little jobs along the side, found babysitting gigs or, you know, whatever I could come up with to, uh, to get the money. And I did, and I bought the computer and um, lasted me about four years. So, you know, I think I've just always been able to kind of figure out a path. If I have a goal, I can figure it out. 
So love it. I love it. Right. Having that goal is your target because then you know where you're shooting towards. And, and I love that you had a plan and, and I love that your plan wasn't just a one way, like an A to that B, but you had like an A.1, like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this thing. I'm going to also have this other route of my job and I'm going to find another route to get to that yeah. goal. So you had multiple uh, streams of income almost. And I love it. Yeah. And you know what I mean? That that idea has served me very well. Um, you know, I, I've always been a believer in that. You can never just have one job or, you know, one path that leads you somewhere. There's always got to be multiple things coming into your life um, that can allow you to, to get somewhere. I, I really appreciate that. And I think that's a very important mindset to, to, for someone to be resilient, right? To not give up because there's a roadblock on, on that one path. And that's okay. Because if that has a roadblock, you have two other paths to try out find another one (laughs) right absolutely and sometimes it's just like don't even stop on the one that has the roadblock because you can climb it it might take a little longer but if that is a really good way to go you might want to find ways to climb that roadblock I love it great story thank you Lisa you you also have this incredible story of resilience now during pandemic time which we are still in you had a lot going on. There's there's a lot coming at you with um, restrictions on group play, and you actually had a, a play place, um, and it had to shut down a play cafe because of COVID. Of course, you had to shut that down. You are also pregnant with your second, who is who she is now one, and I love her name because it's also my daughter's name, <laughs> and. Um, you at one point also considered bankruptcy and these were all real truths that many I I know are listening and fully understand so you have these all coming at you and but you pivoted you you did several things that shifted you to a point of where you are today. And I want to call that success. And you were humble. And I know that you might say, oh, that's not success. But <laughs> it is. And I would love for you to share three three things that you had to consider, because I'm sure there's many. But if you can narrow yeah. down to three things that you had to consider in order to make that pivot to build upwards to where you are today, what would those three things be? I know you have to narrow them down because there's so many. I know it's hard. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the- there were so many things, but the biggest thing was my kids and the impact that closing that business was going to have on my kids. Um, so, you know, I had a play cafe, so we were a coffee shop as well as a place for kids to come and play. We did birthday programs. We did play dates. We did all the things you're not allowed to do during uh, COVID. Um, but I had invested a huge amount of money into this play cafe business. Um, I had taken out a line of credit on my home for this business and which I know some people are going to, you know, yell and scream at me through the the phone um, saying that that's a bad idea. But you have to remember at the time it, it, it seemed like a great idea, this play cafe. Um, so I had a line of credit on my house. I had a very large uh, business loan and you know, well, I mean, if I had claimed bankruptcy, some of that loan would have been forgiven. I would still be on the hook for a very good portion of that. So financially, uh, closing down the business was going to have a huge impact on my family, mm-hmm. uh, my kids, their future, right? So, and that combined with the business was only a year old. 
Actually, wow. barely. We weren't a year old. We were supposed to celebrate our one-year anniversary on March 23rd. Oh, and no. we had to close doors March 15th was March the date 15th. that we closed. So, and I was one year into a seven-year lease. I had signed a seven-year lease agreement. And there was no way to get out of that lease except to file for bankruptcy, um, to be insolvent. So, yeah. you know, I couldn't walk away from the business. I couldn't walk away from this lease. I couldn't sell the business because, like what business. Um, so walking away, you know, would really be putting my family into this horrible financial position that I didn't really see a way to get out of, you know, it's not like I could just go get another job. I was pregnant. I was, you know, I was a couple of months pregnant. I hadn't even told anybody yet when we had shut down that I was pregnant, but, um, you know, so it was that, but then the biggest thing for me was what am I going to tell my kids years from now about this chain of events? Um, you know, like I could hear myself saying, well, kids, you know, there was this virus and the government told mommy that she had to close the business and, and a lot of other businesses closed and the end, that was it. Um, and I didn't really like the way that that story sounded um, to my kids. You know, I feel like as a mom, like it's my job to teach my kids um, mm -hmm. to be resilient and to pull through and, and to find another way. And so I thought, you know, I, I have to try something, anything. And if it failed, at least I could tell my kids, mommy tried, right? Mm -hmm. There was this horrible virus and businesses had to close and mommy did something maybe really brave, maybe really stupid. It really depends on how you think about it. Um, but she tried, she did something, she tried yes. something. And, you know, I think I, I kind of like that story a little bit better, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I do that a lot I, with a lot of decisions that I make, I think, how is this going to sound coming out of my mouth years later when I'm talking to my kids about mm. what happened? Because, you know, my son was five. He probably isn't going to remember a lot of what was going on mm. um, when he's older. But, you know, he's going to face a situation when he's 20 or when he's 30. And this is going to be the story that he remembers is what I tell him about what happened. Mm. Um, so I thought, you know, I have to try. I have to do something. Uh, I just had no idea what something was going to be. Mm. And, you know, so it was... The play cafe model, you know, at, at first we were, we were only going to be closed two weeks to flatten the curve, right? That's what they said, yes. <laughs> flatten the curve. Um, and then, you know, became quickly clear, this was not going to be two weeks. This was not even going to be months. This was going to be a year, two years, you know, and I mean, look at us, we're 18 months or something in and we still have a long way to go. We're not out of it. Um you know, but I, I, I knew that this was over, that play cafes, birthday parties, play dates, you know, were not going to be happening uh, the way that we did it before. And so I think that the first sort of big step for me was acknowledging this is over. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that for a lot of um, business owners, that is a huge roadblock is not being able to acknowledge the fact that something is done in order to open your mind to move on to something else, right? We kind of tend that. to hang on to things and, yeah. you know, relationships okay. too, right? I mean, you know, we'll tend to sort of hang on and, you know, no, acknowledge that this is done so that you can move on. You free up your brain um, to look for something else. And Lisa, I love that. I love that. And, I, you know, I, I can, I'm, I'm being a visual person, I can just picture it like a big boulder, and, you know, people are like, no, no, it's precious. I've worked hard. I've had this boulder for so long. And if you don't cut that rope, it's just going to drag you down and sink. And so yeah. you, you were right. It takes a lot of strength 
to, to let go, to cut that rope when you realize, you know, if this is not going to work, it's not going to help serve yeah. me in any way. And I can't serve yeah. others because I'm being dragged by this. So love yeah. that. And is that number I mean, one? Yeah. So, and, and that, and that was a hard thing to do at that time too, because we really, you know, none of us are fortune tellers, right? So we, we really couldn't, it's not like we were being told, oh, in two years from now, this is what the world's going to look like. Uh, right. We were just being told, we don't know, we don't know, but here's what it looks like today. And we don't know six months from now what it's going to look like. And so it, I had to just cut those ties without really knowing what the future was going to be. And, you know, so that, that was a really hard thing to, to do, but it had to be done in my mind in order to move on. And, and then the other thing was, I, you know, I was pregnant with, uh, pregnant with my daughter who just turned one uh, this past August. Oh, and birthday. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? One year old. And so I thought, you know, what kind of business can I run in a space with an infant in, in tow, right? Because she was going to be born into this. Mm -hmm. um, into whatever business that I was able to create out of this mess that, that happened. Um, and so it needed to be something that I could do with her and incorporate her into it. And um, so, yeah, so that was, I guess, number two. And then <laughs> the third thing I, I thought this, we have this brick and mortar location. I can't get out of the lease. So we have this brick and mortar location, uh, but this needs to be a business that can adapt and and shift with what's happening. It needs to be something that, you know, what if we're shut down again, which we were, we were shut down again, two times. Um, so what kind of business can I run in this brick and mortar space that can also operate online that had to be a component of it, right? It, it had to be able to operate, be like, pandemic proof if there is such a thing as a pandemic proof business uh, it had to be something that was pandemic proof wow. um, so there was that and then I guess the third or fourth thing I don't know what number I'm at but yes. uh, the final thing in sort of coming up with the decision on what to do is I thought about what I enjoyed about the previous business so mm -hmm. what I enjoyed about the play cafe and I realized it wasn't necessarily that I enjoyed um, running birthday parties and, and, you know, seeing kids play, of course I did, but it was more a connection with parents. Um, mm -hmm. I loved the families that we served. I loved talking to parents. I loved helping parents and, you know, all around me on, on social media and everywhere, you know, I could see that parents were really suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, at this time we're all home with our kids home full-time. There's no school, there's no swimming lessons, there's no grandparents, there's no support, there's no distractions. It's it's parenting, you know, 24 seven, it's full time. And Absolutely. that is hard. It is. And so parents, like I was now not only a parent, but an educator and an entertainer. And, and I thought, you know, if I'm feeling this way, there's probably a lot of other parents Absolutely. that are feeling this way. So. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the, the last thing that I sort of looked at is kind of mulling around this idea of, um, you know, what could I do that's going to be a good story for my kids <laughs> that they can yeah. turn around into a, 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 a positive, um, what can I do with this little baby Absolutely. Um, going to be born into this great big mess of a world? Um, and what is it that I, that fuels me? What is it I that, love that so important? Yeah. And, you know, you were part of that, um, Elaine, because I, when, when I was going through all of this, um, I had reached out online to, um, 
it used to be the mompreneur group and now it's revolution her and uh and i had reached out to that facebook group and i said you know i don't know what to do i'm at this roadblock and um you know i mean as entrepreneurs we can kind of go into this sort of dark place right where you know we're like i don't know what to do i don't know how to get out of this and you just need to talk it through yeah. with someone i love that you reached out good on you yeah That's and so I did, I reached out to the group and I said, I don't know what to do. And you replied and you said, um, do the thing that pulls your heart, do the thing that is maybe not going to be the most profitable because who knows, um, do the thing that you're going to be able to stick with for a long time. And that is going to make your heart happy. And, and that's when I really took a step back and said, what is it that I really loved about that play cafe business that's now dead. I've accepted it. It's gone what is it that I loved about it? And it was the parents and connecting with parents. Love that. Um, so yeah, that's when the, the toy store idea. I love about. that. That is incredible. And you know, you're such a, 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 that's a great example, Lisa, you are such a great example to all of us. And that, that step of just putting it out there to, to, to be honest and authentic and say, you know what, I need help. I'm stuck. I, I, I need help. I don't know what to do. And, you know, women, we often have a hard time admitting that or, because we don't want to bother other people. We don't want to trouble other people because everybody has so much going on. But I love what you said. First, you have to acknowledge that there is a problem. And if that problem is something you can't fix, let it go. Like just move forward into the next realm, right? Like to, to this, especially when you have, you know, your children. And I love that you put it in the picture of what kind of, what story am I going to be able to tell my kids? But what I love most of, of what you've just said is you are the author of, of your story. You get to create that ending. You get to create that next chapter, right? Don't let somebody or some pandemic shut your book on you. It's like, you know, close that chapter and move on to your next chapter. And now I will say though that, you know, yes, I'm the author of my own story and all of that, but um, there were things that had to happen that were external from me that I couldn't control that allowed this to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, back at this time, you know, I'm mulling over, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the government suddenly dropped the fact that they were going to open this loan program for entrepreneurs and, or for, for small businesses, for all small businesses, this loan program. And I know that that program has taken a beating. A lot of people are very critical saying it should have been a grant. Um, there's a lot of criticism around it, but that loan program was really what saved our business because I took that loan, at, like owning a toy store. I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but owning a toy store means you have to buy the inventory you put on your shelves. I understand that. It's not consignment. Yeah, you know. I understand. We have to purchase every single thing that is on our shelves. We buy it. And I didn't have any money, right? Because, I mean, we had some money in the bank, but it was going towards this rent and utilities and all these things that, and with nobody coming into the store or coming into the, what was a play cafe, we had no customers and we had all these expenses. So this loan meant that, I could spend $40,000 to buy inventory, which was quite a bit of inventory, mm-hmm. not as much as we have now, but it was quite, a, it was enough to get started. Yes. Um, and I thought, 
if I use this money and I buy inventory, I can put some stuff on the shelves, people will buy it and then I can buy other stuff and other stuff and then other stuff and bring in new brands. And, and that's honestly, that's how we've, that's how I've grown this business is one step at a time. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's absolutely okay to have a loan as a small business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went through that thinking, Oh, I hate borrowing money. I can't do this, but you know what? it is is a reality of business and especially if you are a product-based business as i am as well with easy daisies and and i thank the good lord that it was one of those pandemic proof businesses as well in that families like you mentioned were stuck at home and the kids were feeling anxious like what are we doing today and and you know you'd see on social media some of people creating their own visual schedules and and then I'm guessing they discovered them online with Easy Daisies and realizing they didn't have to make their own when they can have Easy Daisies. And so that was a blessing um, of, of seeing Easy Daisies being a, a need during a pandemic, especially with just helping kids feel less anxious at home. Yeah. But yes, like n- nothing wrong with borrowing money. And, and I'm saying this to our listeners, because, you know, especially if you're starting out thinking, well, I, I don't have startup funds, cash flow is tight. And, you know, thank God for government uh, grants and loans, um, especially when there, there are portions that are forgivable. And but there's nothing wrong with taking a loan. And, you know, and that's why I do appreciate also BDC and um, and banks as well. And but government loans, like nothing wrong with doing it if, if that's what you need to do. I think it's true. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it if you have a plan for paying it back, right? And so, you know, my, I was purchasing inventory. I wasn't throwing it at, would I have spent that money on renovations to the store? Probably not, um, but I was spending it on inventory and I knew that I could sell that inventory, even if I had to, even if this whole thing blew up and I had to sell it at the price that I bought it at just to clear it out, I could do that and people were going to buy it, right? So um, I was, and I was being very, very strategic about the inventory that we were, were bringing in. And, you know, you talk about sort of like humble beginnings, like we opened the doors, we did like a soft launch in June of um, like mid June, 2020, we did a soft launch and I had one table of toys, one table, we were a toy store and I had one table Love of it. toys. I had some Melissa and Doug toys and I had some, uh, some puzzles from Cobble Hill. And that was it. And we had people come through the doors. Now, a lot of those people were people from our uh, Play Cafe business that came and wanted to see what we were doing now, right? Like, <laughs> how were we going to get through this? And, uh, but yeah, one table of toys. And then it grew and grew and grew. And now we're like a legit toy store. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. I'm, can I say that? I'm so proud of you. And as a fellow mom and entrepreneur, I'm very proud of you. And, you know, like we we chatted offline about how you know you have said you know when life throws lemons at you make lemonade and and you also said that sometimes you know you start with the business but that's not the business you're going to end up with and I would love for you to share what was the the mindset that you had to achieve that but also the biggest lesson that you learned through that process of starting with one business and shifting it to a whole different business. What was that mindset and the big lesson? 
Yeah, you know, I think that this is something that a lot of uh, moms will be able to relate to. Uh, you know, when you're pregnant, you have all of these sort of ideas of what your life is going to look like when that baby is born. Um, and I would say probably nine times out of 10, it does not look the way that you thought it was going to look. Um, you don't think that you're going to be up, you know, for 24 hours a day that you're never going to sleep. You don't think about how that's going to, how it's going to impact you or how you're going to get through it. And you just sort of have to accept, I guess that, okay, this isn't what I thought it was going to look like, but that doesn't make it any less good. That doesn't make it any less beautiful. That doesn't make it any, any less worthy of an experience. Right. So taking that, you know, it, yeah, when life throws you lemons, make lemonade, I guess, you know, you, you can consider being up 24, seven, uh, 11, but um, you know, I, I think, I think I approached it sort of with that same mindset of when I became a mom, things didn't look the way that I thought that they were going to. And I'm a planner. I've always been like, I have a notebook by my bed and I like to plan things out. And, you know, when this pandemic hit, that notebook just went away because what was it going to serve me? Nothing. Every day was a different day. Um, but I think that the, the biggest lesson I learned was just to be open to everything. And, you know, no idea was a dumb idea. I just, I thought if things, if it completely flopped, well, at least I tried something, right? And yeah, I, I, I think I kind of approached it with the same way as I approached motherhood and what happened, you know, in that motherhood journey and just, yeah, you know, your, your children are not necessarily the, the children that you maybe thought that they were going to be either, right? You know, it'd be great if, uh, you know, if, if they turned out to be exactly like you and you understood their nuances and everything that they do, but that's not the reality. You don't always understand, you know, why are you doing this? Um, but I think you just have to keep an open mind all the time and accept what's coming to you and say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with now. And this is the way that I'm going to deal with it and come up with, uh, with a solution. And, um, you know, okay, the baby is not going to sleep tonight. What are we going to do about that? You cannot force this child to, to go to sleep. We had that last night. So I'm thinking about it, but you know, you're not going to force her to go to bed because she's not going to go to bed. So what are we going to do about it to make it okay? Um, and to, you know, deal with it. So yeah, I guess that that's kind of how I approached it. I love that. And I think it relates to your first story of when you were sharing about university, having different routes to that goal, whether it's getting yeah. to sleep or figuring out, okay, well, this business is not working, but I have to keep the location. I have the space and this and that and that. And, and you come up with that solution. Um, yeah. And it can be multiple ways to get there. And I, I love how you said that earlier yeah and I think it's also really helpful to just have an idea a goal of what are, like what are you trying to achieve right and you know the amazing thing about this is with both businesses you know I I wasn't trying to fly a jet right you know uh, like you know that that quote you know um where someone says well what if I fall and then the mom says oh but my darling what if you fly mm -hmm. right and that's you know and I, I was never trying to fly a jet I was always just trying to, you know, be there forward. for my kids and, and, you know, to make enough, I mean, obviously to make a nice salary for myself that I could, you know, 
live in the house that I live in, which is just a modest house. And, you know, I wasn't trying to build this like global empire. I wasn't trying to be Toys R Us or Amazon or whatever. I was just trying to be chickadee. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think sort of having that mindset of what is it that you're trying to achieve um, can kind of prevent you from sort of getting clouded over by all of these, like, well, what if, well, what if that, Absolutely. Um, you know, like a lot of times people said to me when I said about doing the toy store, oh, but you know, you're going to be competing with Amazon or Walmart and whatever, whatever. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to beat them. So it doesn't really matter. I'm not trying to be Amazon. I'm not trying to be Toys R Us. I'm not trying to be any of them. I'm just trying to be me. And, mm-hmm. and so I think having that sort of vision of you know, what is it that, that you want in your life um, can kind Absolutely. of help with that. I agree. And I, I love like with, with Chickadee Kids Company, you're serving your community, you're providing solutions to help the parents that, that are your customers. And that is your, your goal. Like even with, like with easy daisies, right. It's not about magnets. It's about helping kids have easier days, helping busy families have easier days. And, you know, if I can continue to, to do that as a, a blessing, then I'm achieving my goal. And that to me is success. Right. And I think that is what you are doing. And, and I, I love that, right? Like, yeah. you know, the goal is not to compete against Amazon or a large other company. Like it, it is about how every choice we make, is it valuable in the sense of, are we, and you know, one of the life lessons that I learned after my stroke was to put my time and energy where my heart is. And that means every choice and decision has to serve that. So, so whether you're making that business choice and saying, okay, well, is this going to serve my customers and help them and the business grow? Or am I doing this out of mom guilt or mm-hmm. guilt by, or feeling like I'm FOMOing and missing out? Like those are useless, right? Like we, we shouldn't be guided by that. Then we're just going to live a life by default rather than by design of your choices. So love, love, love everything you're saying, Lisa. And, you know, I, I know that my next question is going to be authentic because you have been there, you are going through it. I understand it too. And for those businesses and women who are saying, you know, I, I do want to start a business or I just started one, but I'm really struggling. I don't have money to do marketing. What would you say, Lisa, is your favorite affordable strategy to, to market? So that means sharing about your business. What would you say is a strategy that you would suggest to our listener? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I started the toy store, uh, when I made that change, and it it is true, a lot of a lot of people said to me, uh, you know, oh, you you can't really, that's not a good idea because you're going to be competing with Toys R Us and Amazon and and you know Walmart and these companies have massive marketing budgets. They have marketing teams. They have what are you going to do you know you can't compete with that and I said you know yeah you're right but I'm not trying to be Toys R Us um and I think that the biggest difference with our store is that personal touch Mm -hmm. and you know people come in here and they or they DM me and they ask me, you know, how's your son enjoying kindergarten? Um, you know, they send me messages on Instagram and ask if I can get their gift for their nephew gift wrapped and dropped on their porch the same day. I mean, you don't do that with Amazon. You don't do that with Toys R Us. 
um, people are asking me for for recommendations. You know, oh, your daughter's one. What does she like? And you know, we have conversations about things that are real, um, not just about the toys and the products and the books that we carry, but things that are real. And that's not something that a catalog is going to deliver to anybody. And so I think, you know, one of the main sort of marketing or ways to reach people is is that that personality so social media um, personal touch you know having word of mouth people talking about uh, about the store um, customers coming in and, and really developing relationships with people right mm-hmm. I mean we yeah. customer can come into our store and we don't just go like oh hi yep here's your product okay there's your bag it's twenty dollars okay bye um, see you next time you know, nine times out of 10, we are having conversations with them about how old are your kids? What do they like to do? You know, we have conversations about them starting school. It's been a really big one. You know, parents are afraid or parents are concerned or, um, and we can help with that. We talk, we talk through it. We have those same concerns. Every staff member here, we, we have two, but every staff member has children. Um, and that's by design. We, we don't have teenagers, uh, you know, walking around recommending products for for babies right um you know so i think that that's a big difference and so if i was to give any advice to anybody starting a business i would say what is it that you can offer that is different um than what the big guys are offering because there's always going to be a big guy and there's always going to be somebody that is that seems you know bigger than you, more powerful than you, has more market share than you. And, you know, who cares? Who cares how much market share you have or how much market share they have? Um, Focus on the relationships with your customers, with the people who are buying from you and you will be successful in the way that you define success. I mean, if your definition of success is that private jet, then yeah, forget this, right? They're they're (laughs) not going to do that. But, you know, if your definition of success is, to help other people to just live your life and, and create your own job. Um, you know, I could work for somebody else and I could make, you know, pro- more, <laughs> but, uh, or, you know, but like, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, build an empire here. Right. So, um, you know, I'm no, I love trying it. to Absolutely. be a mom and support my kids. Right. So, I love yeah. It. So I think that personal, personal touch. Absolutely. And and you are so right. When you are a small business, it you have so many advantages. And and that one you touched on is building those relationships, like connect with your customers, care about them and show them that that you know your business is a reflection and an extension of of your interests for those that you're serving. And I, I love that so much. And, and there are so many blessings of, of having a small business. That means you can pivot easierly than a large corporation can. You can yeah. change your display like without consulting, uh, like jumping through 18 hoops because you can do it. You can move them yourself. So there's many great things. And that means you can test with social media, throw out poll questions. That means connect and say, tell me more about you and, and get to know your, um, your audience if you're using social media. And social media is such a great thing right now for marketing because it's free. And yeah. yes, of course, there's paid ads and things, but you know what? You could do it for free. And and so take advantage of that. Now I want to I mean, jump. Oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, like we do a mixture, I'll be honest. Like we, we do a mixture of, of paid and, and organic, but we started it organic. We didn't start doing any paid ads. We didn't do ads in newspapers. We didn't do any of that stuff. It, it started out just as organic and, uh, you know, customers coming in. And I, I really believe that if you treat every customer um, the way that, you know, that you would want to be treated, goes back to that, right? Um, you know, then those people then feel something that then they want to connect you with their friends, because why would they not want their friends to have the great experience that they just had? Absolutely. Right? So it, and you know, this is a slow growth, right? This isn't a, you know, you put a product out there, you open the doors, and all of a sudden, the floodgates open, and everybody's coming to see you. This isn't that. Um, it's a slow process, but you I think if you have the right values and you're putting those out there, I think um, it will grow. And and that's what people remember. They, right? they, yeah. they may not remember what they bought, but they will remember how they felt and were treated. So excellent. I, I want to ask this one last, well, I say last question, but we'll see. <laughs> so you are the co-author, congratulations, of an Amazon bestseller book called Mama's Gotta Work, where you talk about the drive to being a working mom. Now, what would you say are some mistakes? Let's let's even narrow that down. Let's say three <laughs> mistakes that mom entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs should avoid in order to achieve that success. Now, I, I'm saying this because you wrote a book about it and I want to yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the first one is ditch the guilt. Um, and this was a big one for me early on with, with my son. And, you know, I, I was actually a freelance writer at the time when my son was born and I never actually took a break. I think I took two weeks or something like that, but I kept working. I just lowered the amount of work that I was doing. I wasn't doing it full time anymore. And, you know, every time that I would sit down for that work block, um, I would start to feel guilty, right? You know, whether he was napping or whatever he was doing, I should be there. I should be being his mom. I shouldn't be sitting here working and no ditch the guilt. Um, because honestly, working, I think, is a huge part of who we are. What we do for our job is a part of who we are. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, what you do for work is a huge part of, of yourself. And it's, you know, you can't give 100% to your kids um, if you're also not giving something to yourself, right? So I think ditch the guilt, number one. Um, the second thing I would say is no what it is that you need and don't be afraid to ask for it. Um, you know, so for example, I mean, when, when I was started working in, in the toy store, I had my daughter, obviously she was with me all the time because she was a newborn. Um, and the funny thing at, at the time, my husband was actually working here from the store. So he could work from home during the, the lockdown, the pandemic and everything. And, you know, I would say, okay, I need you to go and do this thing for the business and she's napping or whatever here she is um and i'll be back in 20 minutes or whatever it was right i'm gonna do this thing i need you to watch the baby and if she cries pick her up um because i'm going to be going and doing this thing so like know what it is that you need in order to do that job or that thing that you need to do and don't be afraid yeah, to ask for it i think so many times we we say oh if only i was able to do this if only i had somebody to help with this well then go get the help right what? you know my daughter is now in yeah i mean she's now in in a home daycare two days a week um yes it did take me some time to find the person that i was comfortable with her spending two yeah. days a week with <laughs> um 
but I knew I couldn't, you know, when she hit about seven months, it was just impossible to, to work with her because I wasn't baby wearing her anymore. And yes, she was she kind was of crawling that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so it was uncomfortable for her and it was uncomfortable for me. And uh, we were both sort of in tears and in the oh. moments. And, and I said, I need somebody to watch my daughter so that I can work. And I don't need it 100% of the time because I don't want to do that right now. I want to, you know, be part time. Um, but this is what I need and I need the help. And I found a lovely woman to awesome. watch her two days a week. And yeah, so know what it is you need ask for it. Love it. Um, and number three, and the last thing is boundaries. Mm, and good one. Don't be afraid to set your boundaries, even if they don't work for everyone. Um, so our store hours, for example, I set those hours um, because those are the hours that I needed for my family. Those are the, I couldn't work until 8 p.m. Even though I'm sure people would love it if I were open at 8 p.m. Um, I can't do that because I have my daughter goes to bed at 7 p.m. and you know I need to be home with her and I put her to bed every night and so our store is never going to be open past 7 p.m. unless we have another staff member that's that's here working right. Um, so initially I, I set very short hours and now we've expanded them a little bit because now I actually have two wonderful staff members thank goodness. Um, who really helped me out here and allow me to have that mom life as well as the entrepreneur life. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I set the hours and said, this is what I can do. And, you know, I will try to be as flexible as I can to help other people who maybe those hours don't work for them. Maybe I can deliver to them. They can order online. I can drop it off, whatever. Um, but you have to set the boundaries that work for you. You can't, do what you think and this is the other thing is some people think well this is what people want well how do you know that that's what they want right maybe you think that they want you to be open until 8 p.m um maybe you think they want you to be emailing them at midnight and so you have to do that but that's not necessarily the case so um yeah set your boundaries to what works for you not what you think that everybody else wants i i love all of that i'm gonna repeat them that you know ditch the guilt number one the guilt Number two, know what you need and don't be afraid to ask for it. Great, great tip. And that last one is set boundaries, boundaries that work for you, right? And don't assume it's what other people need because it has to be working for you. And I love that you, you at one point you said, you know, then you were able to have your mom life and your entrepreneurial life. I love that you were able to separate that. And, you know, and having those office hours, whether you work at home or have a brick and mortar is so important for your own mental health, I believe, so that you can separate and have your own life outside of work. And, you know, and I, I understand being an entrepreneur, we love what we do and we think about it all the time, but it's so important to just walk away from it as well. Great, great tips, Lisa. You are awesome. And I I know that everything that you've shared definitely has inspired our listeners. And I am so grateful for you. And if people wanted to find you to connect with you, where can they go? Uh, So we're on Instagram, uh, Chickadee Kids Company and Facebook as well. Um, we're at chickadeekidsco.com. We do ship across the country. So uh, if you want to check out our website, we do Canada-wide shipping. Um, we're located in Burlington. So anybody who's sort of in the Burlington area, you can come by and uh, visit us. And I'm always up for a chat when I'm here. And uh, the girls as well, the girls who work here are amazing. And I'm sure that they'd love to chat with anybody as well. 
I love that. And we're going to have all of those links on our show notes as well. And Lisa, again, thank you with all my heart and just a huge hug to you and your beautiful family. And I I also want to say thank you to our listeners for, for tuning in and listening. And we just wish you a most fantastic day as well. Lisa, you're awesome. Thank you. 